Hi, I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In the Moment, a podcast on acting, art, and life. In this series, I'm talking to AMAW alumni, students, and clients about the challenges of acting and the joys of creating in the 21st century. For more information, go to anthonymindel.com, or you can also find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. I hope you enjoy. On today's episode, Anthony chats with manager and film producer Jeff Maroney. This was previously recorded on April 30th, 2020, before the Black Lives Matter protests had begun. So please note, there is no mention of this important and necessary movement. Tony recorded a live Instagram and Zoom with Jeff. The audience asked a number of different questions about the business and the art of finding great representation. Hi, everybody on Instagram, virtually on Zoom. Uh, We're here with my... I don't want to say old friend because you're not old, but a long time friend, uh, Jeff Maroney, an amazing creator in his own right and manager and producer now. And he's had a really interesting uh, storied career, which I know he can talk to you about. And I've known him for a long time and been working with him and uh, my God, like 20 years, feels like almost 20 years, I think. Um, and I think he's got really sound advice for actors in how to become more entrepreneurial, like, and like be the CEO of your own business. And so don't be embarrassed to ask questions that, you know, you might you, you overthink cause he'll have good answers for. So shall we do a virtual clap for Jeff Maroney? Yay, Jeff. Thanks for taking your time out for being here. And one other thing before I forget. I want to start tying these, I'm, I'm trying to do at least one free uh, Zoom inspiring conversation with an industry guest every week. And I'm trying to tie it to uh, some sort of nonprofit because I do think it's really important that we remember during this time, this, uh, the pandemic has obviously taken the foreground of all of our consciousness and our awareness and our conversations, but there's still a lot of pressing problems going on in the world, including climate change and domestic abuse and uh, you know, homelessness. I mean, it's still, we're still dealing with a lot of social issues. And one of the things that's dear to my heart is um, an organization called Buddha Bullying. And one of my students, Cassie Serbo, is on the board there. And I've been asked to be a part of the advisory board. And I think everybody on here in some capacity has probably experienced uh, being bullied in your life. Or maybe you have a friend or a loved one who's been bullied. And, you know, I think moving into a digital world, um, a social media world, it happens even more common than maybe during my generation. And I was bullied a lot in real time. So if I get it, it can be a hard time for everybody right now. So uh, if you have a couple extra dollars, I think the, the, the code was on the flyer and you could scan the code. And $2 even makes a difference because nonprofits right now are really suffering as well. I think it's really important to remember that because their normal fundraising opportunities are kind of being put on pause. Um, so let's keep them in our mind as well. And, and even just giving a shout out to a raise awareness. If you don't have money, any little bit helps. And I think it's an amazing cause. So yay to boo to bullying. Okay. So, okay. With that, with that, uh, sort of claimer, Jeff, thank you for being here. Thank you. And hi, tell us about you, Jeff. <laughs> um, I can give you like a quick four minute uh, history if that works. Yes. Um, I grew up like most people on here as an actor, but not in California. I was that kid actor that did every show, Broadway show through the country. And then I got in my teenage years and realized I was, I had absolutely no talent. So I was like, mm, I want to do something different. And uh, 
I, my, I got a job when I was 17 years old at an agency where I'm from my hometown and realized that I actually had a good eye for talent and moved to LA. I worked there for a year and I moved to LA when I was about 18, turning 19. Um, I was smart enough to, it's going to say I'm so wrong, to not go to college because I had no college debt. Um, and God knows it, most agents and managers, you know, God forbid, I mean, you know, that they hopefully that they didn't all have to go to college, but I didn't go. And uh, I moved to LA. I had a vision of opening a kid's department at an, at an agency because that's what I was good with, with with kids. And I went to go work in a modeling agency as an agent. And uh, a couple years later, I started getting offers from a lot of agencies in town. And there was a company called Innovative Artists that sat with me several times. And I said, listen, give me a desk and a phone and I'll show you what I can do. I walked in the door um, uh, with about 40 unknown clients, everyone from Gabrielle Union, Jessica Alba, Jessica Beale, Ashton Kutcher, uh, Jason Biggs, um, the list goes on and on. And within a year, I uh, had probably the number one young talent uh, department in the business, which was amazing. And uh, did that for, worked there for many years, hired people in the New York office, the LA office. And I woke up one day and said, oh my God, something occurred to me that had never really occurred to me, which is probably why I didn't go to college. Um, eventually these people are gonna become adults. So I need to kind of refigure out what my purpose is and what I'm doing. And so I um, got, went over and met at CA, and I'm sorry, UTA, and got a job offer and got in my car and cried and said, I am not that person. And I was a kid, I mean, you know, when you do that much, I was probably 24 at the time. I was like, you know, it's time that's being a kid. And you're like, oh my God, I'm a kid. And I just am not ready to put a suit on and go be somebody I'm not every day. Um, I'm a creative person. So um, I decided to become a manager, started a company, eventually merged that company with another company called Anonymous Content, which is an amazing company. Worked there for many, many years. Eventually ran the talent department there and loved it. And then um, eventually realized, you know what, I want to do something a little bit different and bigger and so um i now work at a jumping ahead i now work at a company called atlas entertainment slash atlas artists it's owned by a man named chuck robin chuck robin is responsible for creating along with chris nolan the dark knight movies what we have wonder woman wonder woman 2 suicide squad suicide uh suicide squad 2 is going to come out we have um we're in the middle of a movie right now called evil about evil knievel we're doing uncharted directed by Ruben Fleischer with Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland. And I am lucky, and you know, the list goes on and on at, at how smart Chuck is. But I got to a place in my life, maybe, you know, four years ago when I sat with my life coach, I have a, I have a Tony Mandel in my life, because um, Tony is a life coach, who said, you know, share with me your passions. And I said, I want to produce a lot more. And she said, then go to a production company that has a management side, versus a management company that happens to produce. And I was like, you know what, you're right. And Atlas was the perfect fit for me. It was, they celebrated me. I have a great, I have a lot of quotes to get ready, but I have a bunch of quotes. You know, one of them is go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. And uh, I went there and uh, it's been amazing. It's been many years, uh, brought over some colleagues with me. And so, you know, the management side is more boutique than the production side. Um, but I've learned, it's, I literally can now say I went to college. I got to go to producing college because they have taught me so much and one of the big things they taught me was the art of saying no. Uh, when I was at places like Anonymous and stuff, we would just take on a ton of stuff and see what worked. And at Atlas, it's not, you're not allowed to do that. You, you can't take on anything that you don't think you can truly get made and get going. And so 
it's been really nice for me to have some uh, mentorship guidance and all of that. So that's my kind of quick story. Um, I got in this business for one reason. I love actors. And I always felt that I had an eye for talent and I could walk in a room and spot somebody a mile away. And again, that they would be right for me. Um, and you know, it's funny, over the years, the only thing I'll say is, you know, over the years, of course, people that I haven't taken on have made it. So I'm not saying that if I say, oh yeah, I believe that that person's the star, that they're necessarily going to be or they're not. It's just, you know, it's what we are attracted to. And if anybody ever, I, I've spoken a couple of times in Tony's classes, and I always bring this business back to dating. You know, you see somebody across from like, that's the one I want to go out with, you know, and there could be a hundred people in there. It's very similar in our business and what we do, you know, and it's not, not, not that we want to date somebody, but you see a diamond in, you know, a diamond right. in that person and yeah. someone you want to invest in and help with. Well, Jeff, I think you hit on a lot of things that I, 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 what I've always loved about you is you're really accessible as a rep, even though you're on the other side, you know, and actors speak, actors speak, but I think you put in to language that actors can understand. One of the things that I think what you just hit on is it's not personal. So I think a lot of times actors will meet reps and they put all their eggs in one basket of them, you wanting to like them, let's say. And like I brought in uh, David Rappaport a couple of weeks ago and he did one of these uh, sessions with me and he was just saying like, Sometimes he'll pass on somebody like he won't respond to one actor, but a different office will. And then all of a sudden that person becomes the lead of a TV series. And so I'm always trying to get people to understand you just need one person to get you. And if, if you personally don't get them, it's not personal. It's just not personal. Um, so I think a couple of things have come out of this, this COVID thing, and I'm going to go into a bunch of them, but you know, the, the biggest questions that we ask ourselves and I get asked before by clients and it's the biggest word is why, you know, why didn't this happen? Why didn't this happen? Why didn't I get this person? Why didn't that agent pick me up? Why didn't I get that job? Why? There is no answer to why. That's right. There's no answer. I wish there was an answer. We can all find reasons for maybe why the way things turned out. But at the end of the day, there is no answer to why. And but what why does is why leads to blame. And we start blaming ourselves. I mean, I remember when I was um, uh, when I was young, younger, and I was building my business. I said, "Okay, my goal is by the time that I'm 30, I want a million dollars cash in the bank. And I'm going to do it." And I remember I hit 30 and I didn't have it. And I remember looking back, started blaming myself and asking why. Hmm. And what we have—it's funny. I looked up before this thing the definition of a goal, and I wrote it down. I wrote goal is the object of a person, oh, sorry, let me speak in English. The uh, goal is the object of a person's ambition or effort and aim or desired result. That's what Webster said. And the key word in that is desire. When we have goals, they're desired results. It's not everything time you have a goal, is it going to come through? I used to go to church a lot. And one of the things that my pastor used to say, which I love to this day, is, you know, we ask God for things. And sometimes God's answer is no. And we forget that. We're like, oh, I guess God has a right to say no to us or the universe has a right to say no to us. And what we have to do is not blame ourselves or look back and say a bunch of why, 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 why is this not happening? You know, here's the deal. We're in the middle of a, of a, of a obviously a pandemic and nobody on this, on this Zoom, I'm sure, or anybody can answer why this happened. Why is there COVID? Why is it going on? You know, I remember three weeks ago, we were told you don't need masks, don't buy masks. And then over the news, overnight, everybody had to go buy a mask, you know, um, and ever, but at the end of the day, no one can blame 
China, you can't blame Donald Trump, you can't blame it. You, there, we have no reason, it's a worldwide epidemic. We find things to blame for, absolutely. But at the end of the day, we can't be about blaming. And the biggest thing person we can't blame is ourselves. Maybe I should have done this younger, maybe I should have been, whatever. We all have a journey and a path. And what this, really this, this time for us has to be is stop blaming yourself and start figuring out what it is you're doing. And the biggest thing you can do over this time that you are off, and I'm gonna give you a bunch of things you should do, but the first thing I would recommend everybody do is get a pad of paper and just write down purpose and write down what is my purpose. And if you don't know what that means, trust me, spend time, look it up and make a goal list of what your purpose is. You've got time now to think. Um, you've got time now to meditate, to pray, to go for a run, whatever it is you do, but you really need to find your purpose. You know, I hear, I hear from somebody, you know, it's funny. I think everybody in this time thinks they need to be a writer. It's so funny. Everybody's like, Oh, I'm going to be a writer now because I can't act. And I'm like, well, maybe you're not meant to be a writer. Yeah. Like you can't even write me a fucking email. So like you don't necessarily <laughs> need to be a writer, but everyone thinks, Oh, because all these different actors and I'm now a writer. You know, being a writer is a gift. It's a gift. And being an amazing writer is a gift. And, you know, I was talking to my friend who's one of his best friends, Taylor Sheridan, and we were kind of debating this last night. And he goes, well, you know, Taylor didn't become successful with cigars when he was 40. And I said, yeah, but that doesn't mean that he didn't have a gift. His gift just didn't come up. His gift didn't, he wasn't allowed that opportunity in his gift until he had to give up something else in order to accept that gift and go and do it. You know, so... I think that sometimes people say, oh, because I'm not acting, I'm going to write. Well, but is your goal, is your purpose to be a writer? And until you know what your purpose is, that's when you know what your passion is. And what I'm talking to you guys about is something that I'm doing for myself right now. You know, um, I'm taking this time with COVID. I'm writing down what is my purpose? What does that mean to me? What are the things in my life I want to accomplish? What are the things I want to be remembered for? You know, um, again, I'm going to give you a lot of um, quotes, but, you know, sometimes if you see something you don't like, it, I believe people were put on the search to solve that. So instead of complaining about it or talking about it, be part of the solution, be part of the answer, and use this time to figure out, okay, what is my purpose in life? What does this mean? How am I going to be a better, I like to say three words, bigger, better, bigger, better, better. How am I going to be bigger, better, better when all this is done? And I think that's like one of the things that we can really use this time for is to figure that out. Or Jeff, I, so, also, yeah. I was just going to say, I also think you, you speak to like when we do an inventory, a personal inventory, a spiritual inventory, whatever we want to call it, you can also start to shake down the things that aren't working for you anymore to make choices. Like once we get out of this to move you in the direction of what you really want to be doing. Like I think a lot of times people straddle themselves, you know, and get so bogged down in other things that are distracting them from their real work. You know, I also think the thing that you said about not Ty Sheridan, that's an actor. What's his name? Taylor Sheridan. Wait, Taylor Sheridan. yeah, is before he made it, he continued to write. So he got better by just continuing to do the practice. You know what I mean? And I think that sometimes that actors kind of feel like, oh, they need to be repped. Yes, of course. And we'll get to that. I'm sure like, of course, everybody wants to be on a show. The best way to like learn is to be working all the time. But there are other ways that you can learn and grow without necessarily being on an HBO show. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, I think one of the things, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, listen, there, I think we all agree, everybody on this Zoom, that this virus has brought fear, negativity, unknown, 
anxiety, uh, financial stress, job loss, a lot of stuff. And for everything that it has, I believe that there's a solution for it. So if you're feeling fearful, pray. If you're feeling anxious, meditate. Whatever it is that you're doing, if you're feeling cooped up, go outside if you can and go for a run. Get on the treadmill at home, do something. But we have to battle those things because those things are only within ourselves and they are going to do absolutely nothing to help this process. And I'm going to talk about like, there's a whole purpose in all this for us that you can prepare yourself because when we come out of this, you're either going to come out of this going, boom, I can breathe now. That's great. And now I need to get back to what I was doing. Or you can be the smarter one and come out of this being 10 steps ahead of everyone else. Mm. Because in this time you prepared for that, but you know, you can sum it up to little things like, you know, for me, like I found time on the weekends to clean up all my closets, to clean my drawers, to do all this. When I come out of this, I'm going to have the most organized house in the world. That's just my personal stuff. When I look at someone's, you know, is, does, is your car beautifully clean now, which it should be. Is your house beautiful? Is it organized? Use this time to be creative because you all have creative minds and we're even redoing things around your house will bring clarity into your own life. So I really believe in that. Like, and in our career, this is your time right now, guys. If I, I know I'm, I'm not making fun of writers, but I'm saying if that is your passion, you better be writing all the time and you better be doing things. If you are an actor and you want to be in front of the camera, I hope that you are getting up and you are working out and eating healthy and not drinking a bottle of wine at night and laughing about it. But instead, you're like really taking this time to say, okay, once they lift this ban, I am going to be the person that is bigger, better, better and going to be ready to go. In my own life, am I going to be, um, am I going to be as a manager coming out of this, manager, producer, am I going to come out of this calling my clients going, okay, what now? No, what they want to hear from me is I have a plan. Yeah, that's right. And here's my plan. And this is what we're going to do. And here's what's casting. And here's what's happening. Here's what's going on. These are the movies greenlit. These are what are going back. These are the movies that are, be going, are going to be going in August. I know stuff might be opening up in Atlanta. We are going to have a plan on a production side. I am working tirelessly, reading scripts, sending notes, you know, giving my feedback, checking avails on actors, trying to get actors on, on Zoom calls to try to get these meetings set up. It's because I'm doing the work every day. The biggest thing I can encourage you guys to do is get on a schedule. Don't wake up when you just wake up, not know what you're going to do. I challenge you guys next week for five days, have a schedule where you say, okay, every day I'm setting my alarm at 9 a.m. My first hour is going to be whatever it is. Maybe have your coffee, whatever it is, pray. And then I'm going to go for a run or I'm going to do something physical. My next hour is going to be checking my emails. Then I'm going to start doing my scene work. Then I'm going to do, and then I, at one o'clock, that's my lunch. I'm going to take 45 minutes for lunch, 1.45. Here's what I'm doing. And by six o'clock, day's finished. What people are doing now is they're just case or sera, whatever will be, will be. And that is going to be the answer. And that is going to be the result of your career. Winners are always, always, always doing something to better their lives and their career. Otherwise, there's a great quote. Um, what's the quote? Um, uh, there are three kinds of people, those who, uh, those who make it happen, those who watch what happens, and those who wonder what happened. And you have to decide who are you. And maybe some of you guys right now are just watching what happens. And that's okay to admit. So you have to say to yourself, how am I going to change that and become somebody that makes it happen? 
because you are, none of us probably will ever get this time again to spend in isolation, maybe with one or two other people. How are we going to use the people within our house to help us be better? How are you, you know, maybe you are a little embarrassed being an actor in front of them, walk into them and say, I just need you to do this scene with me. Even if you read it, you know what? And hope, I hope that they're shit because you know what? They're going to be more like a casting director because casting directors don't give a shit when they read it. Most of them. Some do, but not all. So hopefully they're not a good actor and they're reading with you and it makes you be better. So I encourage you guys, get up, have a schedule and constantly be creating because that's what I'm doing. Jeff, let me, let me, I'm going to, we'll go to some questions here in a second. One of the things that I want to just, before we do that, so you guys, maybe since it's, you can, we'll just raise your hand. Let's do it that way. We'll be like in, in school if you have a question. But one of the things that I've always loved about Jeff is Jeff is like a total straight shooter when it comes to like, uh, who you are and how you can sell yourself. And I think one of the things that he's kind of talking about, and he's talking about it in a in a general way, but also I think it's very specific to act, acting and actors right now. Like to me, what's really important is also besides your personal and spiritual inventory, like is everybody ready to go as far as like, let's say I sent, I was interested in one of you or you were in one of my classes and I knew you didn't have a rep and then I send Jeff your stuff. Do you have your, I mean, I know it seems obvious, but I'm shocked that people don't have a headshot up on IMDb. People don't have their information up on Actors Access. You guys have not updated, like, I know you can't go do headshots right now, but there's a lot of updating. I know it can be dull and boring, but you have to find a creative way to get your shit together because it's a very, like he said, a small window and they are, this business is going to be always looking for new talent. So why is it that you're waiting to get everything ready? Because these are things that any rep is going to ask you for. I'm always, if I have an agent or a manager friend who's like, oh, I want to see more of their stuff. And then I send them their IMDb link and there's no photo. It's okay if there's no credits yet or like not legit credits. You can only start with where you are. But Jeff has to have a, a semblance of, of who you are, your personality and how you look. So I think sometimes actors think more. And this is what I love about you, Jeff, is like, you help people understand like the business in a way without being overwhelmed by it. Like mm. Jeff always is a stickler on can they act. When I first started working with Jeff, less so now maybe because he works with a lot of established people who he started out when he, when he was young and they were younger. Like Gabrielle Union is someone is an example. Like you've been working with a lot of your roster for a long time and they're all working all the time. But a lot of times when Jeff finds new talent and certainly at the beginning of his career, he would send them to me and he still does if he, ha he finds green or somebody new and he wants me to assess where they are in their work. So that yeah. speaks to the credibility of an agent or a manager who is interested in, okay, you have a good look, or maybe you don't even have a look that you think is supposed to be commercial enough. He's interested in you. Now, can you deliver with the work? So I'm always an advocate that great managers and great agents at the end of the day just want to know, can you act? Meaning, are you, well, actually acting isn't the right word, but you know, are you honest? Are you authentic? Are you real? Are you accessible in that in that way? Does everybody make sense? Does that make sense? So, Jeff, do you want to? Does anybody have any question out of that? Or Jeff, I can let you handle that. But I've always thought that that was really amazing because he was always interested. If I always thought that was really cool about you, and then I would be honest with you, I'd be like, "Well, this person is he needs some time," and then you'd be like, "Okay, well, let me see what happens in the next six right. months." You know what I mean? 
I don't know if yeah, you... no, it's true. I, in the beginning, especially after the I started, and we still do it. I'll send him someone. I'll be like, "This is someone that I think has got a real talent." Would you work with them and tell me what you think? And Anthony has called me many times and said, "You know, I think this person can be a total star. They're going to need a good year." And it goes back to one of my favorite biographies on Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt came out here. He went to go audition for the casting director named Natalie Fenn. She said, "You're beautiful and you suck," and sent him to an acting coach. And that acting coach worked with him, I think, for a year. And then finally called uh, Natalie and said, this kid's going to be a star. Ended up getting him an agent or manager. I don't know what it was at the time. And he suddenly became. But he didn't run out there day one thinking, oh, I'm not going to listen to that acting coach. Instead, I'm going to just go out and start auditioning for everything and whatever. But actually, he took time to do the work and what it takes. And I think that is one of the most important things. Like I always say, I give you 100%. I need you to give me 100, percent and if I and I don't want to get feedback that you're green. I don't want to get feedback that you're okay. I want to get feedback that he was amazing, she was amazing, and maybe not the role, but we're going to bring them in next time. That's the feedback that I want every single time. And by the way, you may have an off day. That's okay. I like a client that calls me up after, sends me an email after, and says that wasn't my best. You know, and I know when somebody's always going out and doing a great job, we all have days that are not our best and that's okay i don't expect people to be perfect at all times uh yeah you guys i think this is a really great reminder too that when you meet with somebody like jeff and maybe he's on the fence or maybe you don't you don't have enough work under your belt or he's unsure about your skills yet it doesn't mean the door is closed again i think actors sometimes go to like catastrophic thinking it's all relationships i've known jeff for 20 years and Mm -hmm you know, we love each other, so it's fine. I mean, sometimes we don't get along with everybody. That's, you know, that is also part of the business, but you don't burn bridges and you do your work. So let's say he's like, oh, I'm not sure, but let's revisit this. And then you think of that as a no, and then you cut off that contact as opposed to you get into class, you work your shit out, you're really working hard, and then you reinvest six months from now. And you're like, hey, Jeff, remember me, blah, 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 blah. I've been doing this. Can I send you something? Chances are he's a human being. He'll be like, sure, send it to me. Let me take a look. And it still may not be ready. I think the Brad Pitt story is so great. There are so many stories. Mark Ruffalo was in town for 10 years. I like to say this story so much. 10 years he was here, like just kicking around and he went into some casting. I don't remember who it was. And she was finally like, who are you and where have you been? And he's like, uh, I've been here. <laughs> it just takes a while sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. So let's so let's let's uh, hand it out to you guys here and see if you have Real a quick, question. I think, I'm yeah. going to give you guys a couple things yeah. that you guys can be doing now. Um, and uh, I kind of like put them down because you know what? I don't know if I don't know if anybody else on here. I did um, on January fourth. I did a vision board party, and I try to do it every year. I invite people over. Um, and we sit down in my room, in my living room, and we do our vision boards. And we do them, we talk about them, we write down all the things that didn't work last year. Because I believe in goal planning, the most important thing to do is write down all the things that are not working in your life, and then create your goals from that. I hate when people just write down, get in shape, uh, color my hair blonde, like whatever, like whatever it might be. I'm like, I see that, I'm like, well, why do you want to get in shape? Start there. I don't like the way I look. So, okay, so that if you don't like the way you look, what are you going to do about it? Um, you know, take a, take a class in college. Well, why do you feel the need to do that? So whatever it is that you want to do, have a reason for why you're doing it when you make your vision board. Part of what I'm, I'm, I've noticed by talking to a lot of the people that came to my vision board party was they're like, God, I, I made this vision board in January, and I feel like it's all gone, you know, 
kind of like kaput now because all, I had certain things that were kind of like in, you know, because everyone does it differently. Some do it kind of by periods or whatever. And I said, listen, you know what you got? You could sit down and do a new one because you know what? The world has changed. And maybe one your vision board was to, you know, travel the world. And now you can't be traveling the world this year. It's okay. Stop and make a new one and make a new one for right now. So we've got time right now during this time to redo a vision board. The one of the things I want to encourage every single person, if, if you are an actor on this call to do, and if, and you're going to, some of you, and I, and by the way, I can only see me and Anthony, so I'm not going to pick on anybody, um, but make a self-tape room in your house. So if you don't have one already and you're having to put something up, what you should do over this time is make the perfect self-tape room in your house you've ever had. And every time you get on a Zoom, a Blue Jean, a FaceTime, or whatever, you should look like a 10. People should never say, I can't see you that well. I can't hear you that well. Oh my God, that self-tape, I couldn't hear you very well. You should be, every time you're on a Zoom, FaceTime, or whatever, looking like a star. I really believe that. And you should show up, I have another book, you should show up and show up every time. And, you know, so as actors who are going, and by the way, there are, and we're going to, I'm going to say two things. Number one, right now, try not to bother your representation. Like they're stressed out too. Yeah. Some of them are furloughed. They're going through a lot. I think it's nice to check in on them, send them a kind note here. You know, obviously they know that you're there, check in on them. But this is like Tony said, it's your time. Get that fucking uh, self-tape room set up because the, my biggest pet peeve is a bad self-tape where I can't hear you. We, I put you on as right now, some casting directors and studio execs are doing Zooms with actors. So maybe if you want to bring up anything, you know, to your reps, I know some are doing that and maybe you can be part of that whole process, but make sure that it's set up and you look like a million dollars. And, you know, and so get that stuff set up now. We're spending time working on that and getting all that together. So that's what, those are the kind of things I would do. Um, and also, you know, a really great thing you can do right now is get better communication, you know, like work on your communication skills. Like I hate when, you know, God bless actors, they get up at seven in the morning, and have ideas and they send me emails or, or they send me submissions at seven in the morning. When I wake up, it might be eight o'clock and I'm having coffee. I'm not really looking at that email. So when you email somebody and you're emailing a rep or I'm going to email a, a producer or whatever it is, I've never do it before 10 because I want to know that they're at work. They're there. They're focused. They're looking, you know, they're looking through their emails, not, they see it on their email and then they go, oh, let me get to the office, I got to drive. And then that email is quickly replied to or not. So work on your communication skills and how you can best communicate. And part of that is with your friendships, people you haven't seen in a while, you know, begin to like go and talk to, you know, reach out to those people, family, whatever. Um, number That'd be number one. Number two, I want to encourage every single person, learn about your industry during this time. Everybody should get a book on what I do. Get a book on representation. Bernie Brillstein wrote an amazing book. Um, uh, there's that book on CA. There's Mike Ovitz wrote a book. There's so many good books on our business. Read a book from a representative's point of view. I highly recommend it um, because you will learn a lot about what we go through and our thoughts, our process. And then, you know, when you have time, which we most of us do, instead of watching Ozark right now on Netflix, put in some old movies. You know, pick the top 100 movies of all time list and say, you know what, over COVID, I'm going to try to get through a third of these movies and watch them and understand why some of these actors were nominated for best actors. So take this time to 
to really look at old movies and why and the history of filmmaking and do things like that. I encourage, you know, one of my clients who's actually a really great singer when we were talking, and I said, you should be taking this time to take vocal lessons. You're an amazing singer. And there's going to be more and more of these musical things. You should be a 10 when I sing you out. You know, if you're good at kind of good at playing piano, get into it. Spend more time in it. Go rent one for a month and play. So take this time to do things that you really wouldn't, that you wouldn't normally do because you're so busy. You're, you've got a day job, you've got acting class, you've got this and, and really incorporate it into your daily structure. Jeff, I think that's a really great advice. I've not heard that before about reading books about, um, you know, like from an agent or a manager or an executive's you know, position and point of view. It really gives you insight. I'm always, you know, telling actors, like, you have to remember, like, how hard agents and managers are working for you. So think about it. If you're rep by Jeff, you're just one of, let's say, he has, how many clients do you have? Like 15. 15. And so he's hustling and making calls and pitching and following up with or having to go to set and make sure everything on set is working for one client and then coming back. Agents and managers who are on top of their game are working really hard. And I think it's hard sometimes for an actor to realize, like, it's not just about you. And I don't mean that, um, you know, to like trivialize you. You're also an important part if you're repped. But I think we, we sometimes forget that, that agents and managers also have to overcome a lot of obstacles just like you do. I think actors often feel like they're the only ones. But to pitch a client or to get seen, you know, I was telling, I had a, I had a Zoom class today. And for that NCIS, this is crazy to me. For that NCIS online thing, I don't know if you heard about it, Jeff, but NCIS was holding this pandemic uh, uh, castings. You guys knew about that. They got over 100,000 submissions. <laughs> That's insane. Why is nobody laughing? Maybe you're really depressed now. 100,000 actors submitted online to get seen for this COVID casting. So I think it's important to remember that if you have a team, the team is really working hard for you. But I love that you said that because, you know, I actually got to a client two days ago and they just wanted an update. I was kind of like, you know, they just happened to call and I was like, because I think they were thinking that like we weren't doing anything. And I'm like, no, <laughs> these conversations and this and that. And, you know, you guys don't realize that we don't send you daily memos of what we did. Yeah. So we're not like emailing you going, um, no, I made these calls about you. I spoke to your agent at so-and-so at ICM or wherever for an, an hour the other day, just catching up and going through projects. And what, like, there's not a lot out there, but like, I'm still looking for you. And people forget that, you know, people forget that we don't necessarily send uh, daily emails to our clients, what we did. So, you, so if you're with somebody, it's again to go back to relationship. You have to trust the person, or you, you know, or or you have to look in yourself and say, why don't I trust that person? Or maybe it's the wrong person, you know. But this is a very weird time. I talked to another agent last week at a smaller agency, and lovely person, and God bless him. But he said to me, he goes, "Is there anything going on in our business right now?" And I said, "Yeah." I go, "Well, this is casting, and this is casting, and this is casting," and I and I woke and I hung up with them, and I was like, "Oh my God!" Like. You know, but like, so I think there are some people that I talked about that are willing to take this time and just watch what happens. And there are other people that are literally making things happen. And, you know, some, and there's a lot going on in our business right now that is out there. We also produce. So I know when things are getting ready to gear back up, 
we've got movies going back and shooting in Germany. And so I know when those are going, like, so things are going to percolate. And the, the best news I can give everybody before we take questions is there is going to be a lot of material. They are buying aggressively right now, like buying so much. Um, and I wish I could give some examples, but I can't because I, I get in trouble because we have some stuff. But it's like they are buying right and left because what they've realized, and it's the old saying, you know, even during wars, entertainment always thrives. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of in a war and entertainment is thriving and people are running out of things to watch. So know that these cablers are, and networks are like, we want to buy. So know that things are different. Know that, you know, it's changed, but know that it, this could come out in a lot of ways better than before we went in. Yeah. So I can take some questions if anybody has them. Yeah, you guys have any, any questions? Yes. How about the dynamic duo there? You guys are hilarious. Danielle and Chloe. <laughs> I'll, I'll, Where are they? You. Right up here. Uh, hello. Electro woman and dyna girl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm totally going by that now. Um, Jeff, I just got a, a bit of a question um, in regards to the difference between agents and managers because there's often um, – discussion on what is the difference and I mean even in Bojack they kind of make a joke of it <laughs> where there's not that much of a difference and I wouldn't mind having a bit more of a clarification on on the difference and if you're a, a newbie would you recommend going more for an agent or for a manager great great, great question I'm going to answer that in two ways um and I can answer it with what you guys are doing now uh number one Everybody, if everybody could have a good agent and a good manager, you should have both. Just like I say about acting coaches. There's so many people that say they're acting coaches and you can pay me to send someone to them. I'm like, oh, please. You know, um, so I think everybody, if they can, should have a good agent and a good manager. Okay, let's start there. Um, if, if you can't have that, you at least if you have a good agent, but I would not have a bad manager. So you're better off to have a good agent and a bad manager. Um, uh, or just a really great manager. So here's the difference. Agents' agents' main job are to help you find work and negotiate your deals, and that's kind of in the beginning, especially what they do. They send you out on castings, and they do all that. What and and every manager's the difference about a manager is a manager can, is is used to be called uh, personal managers. They weren't being called managers. They called I have a personal manager. And that was somebody that was hired, that you hired to run kind of your life, to do everything. And some people were former agents. Some people never just, you know, were their friend's brother and they became managed. You never know. In today's world, uh, we have these management companies. I think it's important that you have a strong team. So I would not just go with someone as a manager. And also, I would also look at their list. And if a manager has 100 clients, I would be concerned. You know, I think that not that I'm not saying there aren't managers that have 100 clients that don't do a great job. I just think that's your person that you reach out to when you need it. That's the person that if you're going to write a script that you want to sit down and work with that script on, they're going to give you notes and have the time. Um, but, you know, here's the deal. Everybody's so busy that it really does take a village and having a village is extremely helpful. Um, and again, every manager that you talk to might say that they do things differently. I encourage you, if you are going to be with a manager, to do your homework. Number one, research them. Maybe if you know people that have been with them, find out. Um, but, you know, read online what it says, a little bit about their history. I, I think I said in Tony's class, you know, I always get nervous of managers that sit that their whole time say, 
oh, I used to rep so-and-so, I used to rep Christian Gear, I used to represent Mel Gibson. I, I always think, well, why didn't you used to rep all these people? You know? <laughs> and their whole meeting with you is about who they used to represent. Maybe yeah. they don't have Richard Gear anymore, but they have other good clients. They're like, I, I, I've had Richard Gear for 20 years, I don't need more, uh, but I did for 20 years, and I created this amazing career, and whatever. Yeah. I did, you know, 20 years is an amazing time with somebody. You know, nothing is forever. So, you know, I would look at that. I just am very nervous of people that talk about, you know, I used to, I used to, used to. That's just kind of my one thing that kind of makes me a little nervous. Jeff, I want to do a follow-up question. That was a great question, ladies. Because you have some clients who are maybe at CAA or UTA or ICM or, but, but sometimes actors also get fixated on being with one of the biggest companies and that's not always the right match for them. And can you speak to not actors not getting so caught up? Some people could go to CAA and never get sent out. You know what I mean? Like that, that that's not always the right answer. So do you, do you advise actors and help them in that way? The answer is yes, I advise, um, but it's a tough question. There are benefits to both. There is no right or wrong answer. Here's what I look at, um, and I've had this, and I've actually gotten in trouble with clients for not giving them the decision they want to hear. I look at the agent and say, is this the right agent for you? Uh-huh. Okay. Let me give you an example. Um, uh, Chadwick Boseman is an amazing actor, having an amazing time, nominations, things like that. And he's with Michael Green Associates, not a huge agency, but they eat, sleep, and breathe and have built that guy's career. And not only have they built his career, they continue every day to work so hard for him. And I have had, over the years, clients with them, and they are amazing. So I think you have to look at it and say, is, you know, just like same with a manager, like, you know, I always say to a client, I want you to grow into me, not grow out of me. You know, I want you to grow into my company, not grow out of my company. And so I, I don't think that there's really a right answer to that. I will say when that comes into places more, when actors want big production companies, they are getting in the branding space and stuff like that, you know, and they're actually in the level of getting branding. You know, if you don't, if you're not at a CA, you can have a big branding agency. You can also have a separate literary agency um, and you don't necessarily have to move. I am all about the agent. You know, I had a, I had a client, and, uh, I'll remain nameless, but, you know, was adamant about leaving uh, an agency that I think is very good to go to CA, and I disagreed because to me, his agent eats, sleep, and breathed them and did such a good job, and I, you know, put my foot down and said, I don't agree with it. He was living with me for disagreeing, um, but I just felt like the job was being done. And I always say, you have to trust me. If I don't think the job's being done, I'm going to be the first person to tell you. Uh-huh. And since they left that agent, I, the actual me and the agent, their job has not been very good. Uh-huh. Their representation hasn't been as good as it was before. Uh-huh. So I think that there are uh, different things and where you're at and who that person is. And is it an agent that steps up for you? You know, sometimes you, you move up in this world and you start doing bigger things. If that agent's killing it for you, well, give them the opportunity, you know, dance with the one who brought you. Yeah. It's like dating. That's right. Uh, yeah. Somebody have a, another question. Yes. Caroline, is your family still there? Do they want to ask? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're okay. in the other room. Okay. Um, okay. So thank you for doing this, by the way. Um, I had a question. I'm currently talking to a management company that wants to represent me. 
And my question was, what are the signs that it's a good fix? It's hard to tell over Zoom. And I didn't know if the personalities need to be a perfect match. But I'm also concerned because they do have quite a few clients. Um, but I'm not I'm not repped by anyone. So I hate to pass on the opportunity. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Are the clients that have good clients? Define good. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I mean, they're, they're booking. Okay. Um, and did, so I would ask them, like, what are they planning on putting you with an agent? Do they've got goals for that? Have they talked to you about it? Who would be right? Okay. I'm asking it. Oh, they haven't, they haven't talked to me about that. No, I, think just... I would ask. Okay. Uh, I think that, you know, listen, how long have you been looking for a representation? How long? Um, about six months. Okay. And are they hungry and passionate about you? Yes. Okay. So what I might do is do a little bit more homework. And if you happen to have maybe an agent friend or maybe ask Tony or somebody that works with him, they might have a little bit of 411. Mm -hmm. Maybe ask around if anybody else has maybe been with them and kind of see like, hey, how was your experience? And again, I don't want to say that one actor's experience can be a completely different experience than another actor. I mean, I think that I always say, you know, people ask me, am I a good manager? And I say, I'm a good manager for some people. You know, I'm not always a good manager. I may represent one person and be brilliant and that's somebody else and just not. It just does, it's not the right fit. Like our energetically, we just don't connect in representation and maybe not last more than a year or whatever. So I would do my homework and make sure that, you know, that, you know, they've got a good reputation, they're going to do a good job. And you know what? Right now it's tough, tough time to get representation. So it might be worth giving them a shot. Nobody really does contracts anymore, I don't believe. So, you know, and see how it works and see if they can put you with the right team and come out of this COVID with representation. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Great question, Caroline. Anybody, somebody else, a couple more? Oh, come on. Don't be bashful. I know you're going to have a question. Joan, did you raise your hand or you were like scratching your forehead? Yeah. No, Joan. I raised I'm... my hand. Wait, who? Uh, wait. Okay. Somebody raise your me. hand. Who's me? REA. Oh, REA. Okay. Go ahead, REA. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Um, hi. Hello. So first off, I'm feeling self-conscious about the whole looking great on Zoom calls because I look like I just came out of the gym. But anyway. Okay. Also, hello, vision boards. Uh, um, <laughs> so here's, I actually have two questions. One, you kind of sort of touched on already, and I wanted, I would love to get more info in regards to kind of when you see things kind of unraveling and starting again. There's been so many rumors of like September, and there's obviously nobody knows for sure, but and then Tyler Perry said that he might try to start things in June and Australia, I know, is starting their things pretty soon. In your professional opinion, from, you know, the projects you see kind of unraveling, especially on the production side, what would you say? What would you be your two cents? That's number one. And number two is, do you develop clients at this point? And if not, where in their careers do they have to be to be in with someone with Atlas or your, yourself? Great question. Uh, okay, great. By the way, both are great questions. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Number number two, I'll, I'll answer it between my knowledge at my own company because we're producing some big things, and number two, and talking to the major agencies um, and some of the partners here. I mean, I think that a lot of us are seeing things are going to start maybe getting back going around August-ish. Um, I know one of the movies that I'm a client doing, we're already working on dates for August, so they're already starting to kind of board um, I think some of this, I think we're going to see some of the productions maybe move to some of the cities that haven't been as affected by COVID 
So let's just say South Carolina hasn't been that affected. We might see a production that might have been in New York move down to South Carolina. Uh, sure. I think uh, when when uh, when uh, t I think Tony made the point about or, or you made the point about uh, Terry Terry Tyler Perry. Um, uh, I think that you know we're depending on what happens. I think. Atlanta is a test kitchen right now, so I think we'll see what happens with it. But where it could be, Atlanta could open back up, depending on what happens. I think we're going to see, though, the business changing. I don't think you're going to see, like, big kissing scenes and all that. I think there's going to be very few people on set, allowed on set, except for who has to be there. But, you know, I don't think there's going to be reps allowed to visit and people that shouldn't be there. I think it's going to be that. People will be uh, get their temperature taken when they get there. Um, probably the main cast will get tested probably for COVID when they go in. So I think there's gonna, I think we're going to start seeing a little bit of normalcy come August, but like, I know for our, like our movie out of the country, we're talking about July, August, going back and full shooting that, you know, full shooting ahead. Um, and it's going to, you know, listen, it's, and, and some stuff is already starting to kind of do like location scouting now and things like that. Cause they can drive around location scout. So I, I'm hoping in August, I think you're not going to see, uh, people going back necessarily to the studios and agencies and management companies probably for another few months. I imagine it, they'll probably do it in waves where maybe half staff, um, you have days you can go in and days you can't until they kind of get this sort of a under control. Uh, so that's kind of question number one. What was question number two again? Do you uh, develop and if not, what, what, what point in someone's career is the right time to for you to take them on? Like where do they have to be essentially for you to, to make sense for you to go to them if you don't develop clients? We do, um, we do. Uh, we, uh, I was actually proud there's this movie opening up tomorrow on Netflix about, I, I'm gonna shoot myself for not knowing the name, but it's a, the one about Cyrano de Bergerac. Uh, it's been getting all the good reviews. Tony, do you know the name? No, I don't know it. I'm just, that's cool. Uh, uh, but we have the lead guy, Daniel Dimer, he's the lead. Um, and it's a modern-day take on Sandra Bergiak. It's called Hollywood. What is it? Hollywood, Hollywood. Hollywood, yeah, that's it. And yeah. so that Wait, is Jeff. going to release on Friday. We represent the lead guy, and he was a guy from a blank submission. Is Daniel, oh, wow. Jeff, is Daniel up in Vancouver? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We work with him at our school there. Mm -hmm. I think Maybe. you connected us to him. Brad did. He's amazing. That kid is yep. amazing. And he came in from, Yay. like, I think... Uh, they get, he had never done anything. Canadian agent referred him, and we were like, "Oh my God!" Brad Malthus and and Andrew were like, "This guy's got a real star potential." Yeah, he's great. And they worked their ass off for him, and he got this movie. And then, of course, they worked it to go out and get him an agent after he got it. And so, you know, yeah, we do we we do take chances on people. Um, it's just you know, the talent's got to be there. Yeah. Um, and for me, I, I will I, I not to digress, but I'll, I've said this in Anthony's class before. When people send a demo reel, I would much rather have an amazing self tape than a demo reel with you doing a bunch of two line rolls. Like, mm -hmm. I don't ever want to see that. It's just, it's completely a turn off for me. I'm like, I'd rather see you do one amazing self tape that just blows my mind. Because in today's world and in representation, like, we do, there's so many self tapes going on that I now save self tape. So if somebody, if I get an amazing self tape from, from someone and I'm inspired by it and we save it. And then when we call another, when we're trying to get that, an actor in on something, they're like, well, you know, they have no comedy credits. They're not funny. And I'm like, actually, I'm going to send you a self-deprecated for uh, Modern Family and you're going to see how good they are. And they'll be like, oh my God, you're right. Let's get them on tape right away. 
So I would I would much rather have a great self tape than a bad demo reel. Jeff, I want to just address that from an acting. Uh, you know, directing and teaching perspective, because I think that's you and I talked about it on the phone last week about like sometimes I think actors get fixated on if they send you a tape and they have like a one liner on CSI or, you know, something they feel like it legitimizes them in some way, but you can't see the acting. And so I'm always I'm same thing at the end of the day really good agents and managers want to see your talent and one line doesn't necessarily mean you're a good actor. No, you know, no offense to anybody who's doing one liners because sometimes that can be an opening into other stuff. So I'm not teaching that as an absolute, but I think what Jeff is speaking to is if you can really, if you don't have any, anything substantial, do a great self tape. And Jeff and I were talking about Ozark and I love Ozark, but I was watching this season. I didn't know who that actor was who plays Laura Linney's brother. See, I still can't remember his name, but I wrote it down because I was watching his work and I was so blown away by this guy's work. Like, I was like, who is this guy? I want to work with this guy. I sent him to a casting director and my producer of something that I'm working on. I was like, this guy's amazing. So at the end of the day, and Jeff was saying the same thing. He has this whole scene in the back of a car and he's really just talking. You should watch it. Anyway, it really is about your talent. And that's the thing. That's the only thing you can control is perfecting. That's not the right word, but, but growing the process of your skills as an actor is more interesting and compelling than having a one-liner on a famous TV show. Yeah. You know, I, I did a class for Anthony about a year ago and the entire class was called one thing, how to get representation. And we spent an hour and a half talking about representation and I go out of my way to make half of you guys feel like shit. Um, and it's because you come out of it going, now I know what to do. And so part of that class that we do, um, and I'm happy to come back after this and do it again uh, and make you feel like shit again. Uh, but like, it really does help you to learn how to get an agent because you know, it's almost like when you go to the gym and not like I go to the gym that much, but when you're at the gym and you're doing a, 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 a piece of equipment and suddenly like a trainer walks over and goes, um, you know, you're doing this totally wrong. And you're like, I am. And you've been doing it for like six months and you know, you never thought to ask. You're like, I thought this, they're like, no, you're doing it wrong. And then they show you and you're like, oh my God, my light went on. Yeah. And so I think once you realize how to get representation, you realize how to get so much in your career that you ever would want and in your life. So I would love to, maybe after COVID we'll have to do that class again, but Tony's right. The biggest thing for me is when you do it, you have to go up. When I watch a demo tape and it's a bunch of little one-liners and then people do music montages and all this bullshit, I'm like, no thanks. I would rather see one great self-tape that's amazing that I go, holy shit, who is this guy? And then I sit around the company, this guy's, you know, this guy, this girl's amazing, we should look into them, you know, um, that, that I love. I love that about you, Jeff. Okay, Joan has a question now. Yes, Joan. Oh, Joan, you got to, yeah, there you go. Hi. Um, so talking about self-tapes and stuff, um, what are the do's and don'ts um, you would advise, advise us as actors if we don't have a strong demo reel and like, how, like the type of material we should pick for ourselves? Right. I love um, your family's having one, dinner in the background. Number one, if you do drama and comedy, I would send two links. Don't combine them. Send two links. I've got a comedy tape and a, and a dramatic self-tape, number one. Um, and again, it goes back to what I said you should be doing over COVID. Every single person on this should have an amazing self-tape room 
where the lighting's perfect, where it looks good, where you don't see dishes in the background and this and that. You see like everything perfect. That's what everybody should have. You don't see someone's bedroom, whatever. It should be set up to look professional with a curtain. Your volume or mic, I don't know anything about it, guys, because I don't do it. Uh, you can chat each other. Like if you know a great one to buy, but like you should have a great mic that's your mic on so we can hear you. You know how many times, and I'm not kidding, I would say six out of ten times that I get an, a self-tape from an actor, I have to go like this to hear them. And I literally just, I'm like, I'm not sending this. And, and I will email them, and I'm like, I'm not sending this. I can't fucking hear you. And like, oh, I'm sorry, my, my, my mic was off. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm not sending this. You wasted two hours preparing for this, and I cannot hear you. So I think that you have to, when you do a self-tape, make sure the quality is number one, amazing um and that it's good you can hear the reader and you can hear you uh keep it to about three minutes or whatever you want to do um again i don't know maybe Tony knows better on times for things like that but you know i i know right away if i want to keep watching casting directors know right away right whether or not they want to keep watching right away so what i like to say is make sure the first 15 seconds is is great you know, don't make the first 15 seconds be about you having two lines and your reader having most of the line. Jump into the scene right away. Even when I edit a demo reel, I will edit out so much of the other person in the scene. So if there's a scene for a movie, like, I will edit out the other person actually in the scene, do my own edit, so it's more about you. And I always start with my with my client talking. Or if there's, like, one quick line to just set the whole scene up, of course, keep that in. But I want to – that demo reel should be amazing. So you guys should make sure the scene is awesome. The scene is incredible. You know, if there's a special, you know, we all, you guys all know what your talent is, what you're best at, what shows you amazing, you know? And I think the biggest thing at the end of the day is don't pick a scene that a brilliant actor's already done. You know, it's like when somebody like back in the day, we used to send me like Ferris Bueller's Day Off or whatever. And I'm like, girl, we saw Matthew Broderick do it. You could never be better. You know, it's like, don't make a scene that Johnny Depp did and say, oh, I'm going to do that scene and show him up. Meryl Streep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, pick a scene that probably that hasn't been done or like a scene that's maybe an original or a movie that didn't get made or, or something. Just don't, don't try to beat out exactly Meryl Streep and be like, look at how amazing I am. And we're going to be doing Devil Wears Prada and we're going to be like, sorry. Um, so that's what I would recommend. Jeff, I have a question, or, and then we'll do maybe one more, and then we'll let everybody go have their dinner. But maybe Kelly has a question because he's at our London school. But it reminds me of somebody I had at our London school who had a really amazing look, is also not white, which is very, you know, a really great thing nowadays that it's becoming much more diversified. And I had set him up with a manager here in town, and I felt like this person did not take uh, sort of ownership and accountability of the opportunities that was given to him, like learning an American accent and really getting his self tapes perfected. Like, and so the, the manager who was a really great manager ended up being like, sorry, I'm, you're, this is not working. Goodbye. And so, I, I, and that doesn't mean it's the end of the road for that person, but I do think, I, I just want to speak a little bit about, cause we were talking about uh, your client who's in Vancouver, who I worked with at our Vancouver school, like, and obviously because I have schools everywhere, I get to work with a lot of people who are also having big careers in their home countries, but also have also migrated here. Speak to any of that for people on here who are not necessarily, you know, American born and bred, but it's become so international because you guys have a lot of connections with Australia and 
So, can you? Yeah. I didn't. We don't really have, have a question. Like, we actually have a manager that's kind of like. I think his whole client, most of his client list is all British and Australian talent, and that's kind of what he specializes in. Oh, amazing! So you know, I, I, not not that we other people there don't, but it's a real specialty. He's from England, so I'm sorry, he's from Australia, so he's really adapted into that business. But again, every manager has people in every area and whatever. I my specialty has been Latin America. I've gone down there and I've signed about four or five people that are amazing and working and. I had one test last week for the Brad Pitt movie, and he's from Mexico, and you know. I'm from Brazil. Kind of both of them. No, Brazilian. Yes. Uh, and but yes, I agree. It goes back to preparing and what in this time off. If if you do if you could not do a perfect Amer- American accent, that's what you should be spending time with. Yeah. For eight hours a day, right? Yeah. Now. Um, and it goes back to what I said in the beginning. When the doors open, it's up to you whether or not. You're going to come back and go, okay, now I can go back to work. Or you're going to come back and you're going to be like, I'm 10 feet ahead ahead of everyone else. I look amazing. My accent's perfect. I've worked on stuff to get my visa ready to for the application. I've done all my paperwork for it. Like, have a plan. You have got nothing but time. So, you know, and also, guys, going back to what we talked about, like, with good pictures and stuff, have good, if you have social media, make sure it's amazing. Make sure it looks good. Don't forget we look at that stuff too. Like, don't think we don't. I know people are like, oh, they're not, they're not going to look. Sometimes we do. So like, make sure that that doesn't, you know, make sure that looks great too. And and make sure it looks professional and not like some, you know, that every picture is some thirsty, sexy, shirtless, but like, it's like, uh, come on, we don't want to see that. Like, I want to see somebody that looks like a professional star. Unless you want to be a model and that's your life, have that. But like, when I look at somebody, I like, I actually look at their Instagram and, and I like to see like, you know, that there's a lot going on. And if you do post some of those pictures, have five others that, that are amazing and that have messages to them and are about giving back and maybe something in your thoughts or whatever. Don't make it be, don't think that having thirsty Instagram is going to get you, by the way, it, I'm going to rephrase it. Thirsty Instagram may not get you the right representation. That's a better way of putting it. Yes. <laughs> thirsty Instagram. I'm going to steal that. Like, That's hilarious. Instagram is thirsty. You all better know what that is. Google thirsty Instagram. I'm not going to translate that if you do not know what that is. Do not be thirsty. It is not a good look. It reads as desperate. Don't do it. Don't let's, do it. Let's do one last question. Be it not a thirsty question. No thirsty questions. Alejandra. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes. I'm Kat. Thank you for sharing your experience with us. Well, I live in Bolivia. I'm from Bolivia. And I don't know if it is possible to find an agent if I live here. I can travel, of course, but I don't know if that is possible. You know, I, I don't know the Bolivian market. My friend, uh, he is almost non existent. Yeah. I'm going to say, I know my friend Ronaldo. But my friend Ronaldo Pacheco, I know he oh, yeah. is from Bolivia, yeah. and um, I know he, like, actually, I think he does, like... He has a school there. He has a school there. Yeah. So, look at my friend Ronaldo Pacheco. He was in... Um, that <laughs> you know him, Alejandro. I mean, okay, yeah. yeah. He has, like, a Bolivian... Uh, I believe he's got a school called, like, Hapa in Bolivia. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Is, and then what I would do there is connect yourself in that group, since you are in Bolivia... And, you know, there's a script in the Bible that says iron sharpens iron. Ask those people. 
like who are you with and stuff. But there's a lot of like Latin American reps that represent people like in Spain. There's a there's a whole group that represent people from other parts of, of Europe and in Latin America. There's ones that represent people from all the different countries. So you need to kind of do your homework there. Okay. But I know at HAPA, um, they really specialize in that world and, uh, and, and have classes there. And Ronaldo's really great. He's a good person. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's a really he's great guy. friend. Yeah. Also, Nosotros, Nosotros.org is a great organization for all Latinos, and they go through all the countries, too. It's kind of like the women film but of Latinos. What's it called again? Nosotros. Nosotros.org. Okay, mm -hmm. great. This is a great resource. You guys, there's a lot of resources becoming available now, so take advantage of them. Uh, I just want to end with Jeff. Oh, I, real quick. I yeah, saw go ahead. somebody made a comment. I don't, I only, a couple comments came up that I actually was able to see. Somebody asked me the name of those books oh, um, yeah. that I talked about. Um, there's a, uh, there was a, there was one of the best managers in the business was named Bernie Brillstein. He uh, owns a company, or he owned a company called Brillstein Gray, which became Brillstein Entertainment. Um, he wrote a book called You're No One in Hollywood Until Someone Wants You Dead. And it's an amazing read about representation. Um, if you read Ovitz, it's a book about Mike Ovitz. It's fantastic. There's a book called CAA, talks about representation. Um, another great book, it's not necessarily about, uh, that's called The Agency, I believe. Uh, that's fantastic. I've read it. And the last one I would suggest to is, is, and it's not about acting per se, but it's about being successful against the odds. And that's David Geffen's book. He wrote a really great book about on the business. But if you go under like entertainment biographies, there's some really good ones that are really inspiring um, and, and everything. And if you're a writer, um, there's a really fun book uh, and you can do it on Audible or whatever about showrunners. And I believe it's called Difficult Men. And it's all about the showrunners. I'm trying to see if I have the name on my Audible. Uh, it's all about showrunners and what they're like and what they go through. So the people that write the show and it talks about the amazing ones and the horrible ones. And you will like be obsessed. It's called difficult men by Brett Martin. And I highly recommend it. If you want to be a writer, it's great. It's just a really fun read. You'll, it's something you can do in your car. You don't need to sit, you know, and I really recommend that as a great source. Thank you, Jeff. Knowledge is power. And, and Anthony guys, could probably yeah. give you like on acting and stuff, I'm sure. Well, we it's know fine. the acting books. Book. <laughs> What's your favorite um, book, Jeff? What's your favorite acting book? It begin, it's got the word F in it. That's all I'm going to say. Book the fucking job, people. Uh, That's what you're always telling your clients. See, look, at somebody has it down there. Book the fucking job. Oh, Don't be thirsty. Just book it. Yes. You're literally as reps. So hang up the, the phone. It'll be like, book the fucking job. Like, shut the fuck up and book the job. Leave us alone. Don't call us. You know? Like, it's That's amazing. Material, but it's called book the fucking job is right. That's right. Well, that's what we're all after. Um, Jeff, you know, I love you, brother. I really appreciate you doing this. You've always been a really great resource for actors to get information about, you know, um, broadening their understanding of the career because it is show business. It's show business. And Jeff, where can, they, where can they find you? I mean, don't stalk him. There is no stalking here. Cannot do that. But where can they keep abreast of or send you something or... How I think you... my email is on my IMDb. Got it. I think it's on there so you can hit me up there. I'm pretty sure it is. Please do not stalk me on Instagram um, and send me your representation links. That is a little bit. I hate that when people are like, I saw you on a class and I'm here's your Instagram. Yeah, don't do that, you guys. It's okay. thirsty. 
And also you don't have to send it's thirsty and you also don't have to send him like crazy questions either. When you have some work, you can send him the work and, and remind him where you met him. You know what I mean? Um, But again, guys, if I can give you one project starting tonight to do for Friday, have an incredible, incredible, incredible room to audition. And for every zoom call, make sure you look like a million dollars. So that's my biggest advice right now during this time. Don't be wearing your pajamas anymore and have on your acne cream. Yes, Jeff, way to go. Jeff, thank you so much. You got it, guys. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. And by the way, stay safe in this and come out of this like 10 steps ahead. Thank you, Jeff. We will. My takeaway, you guys, is don't be thirsty. Do not be thirsty. You want to take all your shirtless pictures now. <laughs> I don't have any shirtless pictures. Well, I have a few, but no, not that many. Um, take it down, Joe. I do not down. have that many on there anymore, Jesus. Uh, don't be thirsty. That's a really great reminder. It's a metaphor for don't be desperate. You guys, there's nothing to be desperate about. Have um, Nothing. Be confident. Even if you're not confident, just be courageous in the expression of who you are. That is really it. That's all you got is you. Jeff works with great actors, but the, the common denominator in all those great actors is that's their personality. Gabrielle Union isn't trying to be somebody else when she's playing a role. It's her. So I, I can't advocate this enough, is that you, the only real investment you can make is in yourself. And don't yeah. underestimate the power of you. So that being said, you know where to find Jeff. You know where to find me. Keep me posted. You can always hit me up, DM me if you have any questions. Just don't send me your headshots. I cannot do headshots. Can't do it. And um, I love you guys. Keep building community. We will get through this. It's a silent goodbye. Bye. Bye, you guys. Love you guys. Keep me posted. Bye, you guys. Bye. 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 See you guys. Who's the last to hang up? <laughs> See you later. Bye. The, the dynamic duo there. I love it. Bye, you guys. Raul, I'll see you in Chicago if I ever get there. Kelly, I'll see you in London next time I can get there. Bye, you guys. Martin, if you don't get your ass in class post-COVID, I don't know what to say. Oh, he hung up. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye, you guys. Bye, Ben. Bye, you guys. Bye, Bye Tony. Bye. Bye. I love you guys. Love you. Love you guys. If you want to check out our online classes, visit anthonymindel.com events. Thank you for listening.